2: Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes to our listeners around the world in Brazil, France, and Australia, and in the states of Arizona, Missouri, and Georgia. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support. Because you keep tuning in and listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most, most widely listened to, online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook 33 tips for self-empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul. As you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur, like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, and wealth. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Ask yourself, will this bring me joy? This is a good question to ask when you're ready for the deepest level of positive experiences. On an unconscious level, we can block ourselves from wanting something that will bring us joy because we are so used to depriving ourselves. This question will take your life to a new level. I chose this tip for today because dolphins are often considered to be symbols of joy who remind us of the importance of stopping to take a breath, explore, and play. My next workshop will help you create more joy. It's called Positive Thinking, Create the Life You Want. As we say every week on this show, the best or worst place to live is in your own mind. Seeing your life from a positive perspective changes the way you think, which changes everything. You can choose to be positive, to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways. As you let go of negativity, you will start to be grateful and positive in word, thought, and deed, resulting in your ever-increasing happiness and peace of mind. You will begin to create the loving, joyful, prosperous, healthy life that you want. In our time together, you will change your negative thoughts into positive ones. Instantly shift your mood from fear, worry, and negativity to feeling good. Find the silver lining in every experience. Choose positivity, peace, love, gratitude, health, prosperity, happiness. Feel freedom from irrational worry and stress. Make conscious choices to create the life you really want. See, know, and feel. Feel the joy, beauty, and love in your life and leave feeling lighter, freer, and energized. We'll be at the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas this Sunday, June 12th from 2 to 3.30. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of uplift your life, nourishment of the spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today, frank joseph who will talk with us about our dolphin ancestors last week we spoke with natalie Boudin lambois about the updated version of an ancient hawaiian shamanic healing tradition called ho'oponopono it's a very simple mantra that you repeat to yourself until your emotions and thoughts clear it's simply i'm sorry forgive me Thank you. I love you. What is so wonderful about this mantra is that you are talking to yourself about yourself. Since 90% of our thoughts are negative, this is actually a very powerful and important technique for all of us to use because you are apologizing to yourself for your negative thoughts and giving yourself forgiveness, gratitude, and love as a feng shui expert natalie realized that changing the energy in your home is only part of the solution to attracting what you want in life you also need to change your own energy to create as much positivity as you possibly can since we are with ourselves 24 hours a day this reasoning makes a lot of sense natalie has been using this mantra to clear our her own past of abuse and teaches others how to use it to clear their negative memories thoughts and emotions here's how it works when you're in a challenging situation you create a mantra for that particular situation and repeat it to yourself until the energy shifts when the negativity is gone you are then able to think clearly and a solution comes into your mind Natalie pointed out that this process works faster and more effectively than eft or tapping as some people call it or counseling it is self-empowering and gives you tools to use in the moment without anyone even knowing what you're doing you can resolve the problem quickly and easily without any carryover For instance, this weekend, I was with someone in my extended family who was abusive to me. When I saw him, I created the mantra, I'm sorry I allowed myself to be hurt by his cruelty. Forgive me for not keeping myself safe. Thank you for your forgiveness. I love you. The truth is that when you truly love yourself, the other person's actions and words are irrelevant this mantra instantly moves you from a position of victim to one of empowerment. I discovered that despite his abusive behavior during the whole weekend, after saying this mantra, I kept my boundaries strong and kept myself safe because I was calm and centered. I was able to observe his behavior without being affected by it. I now understand his tactics better and will be even stronger the next time I see him. It was a wonderful feeling of self-empowerment and release from victimhood. I encourage you to listen to last week's show with Natalie by going to my website, paulajoyce.com and clicking on radio show at the top of the navigation. Because we are all, Victims of our own self thoughts, this is a particularly important. Mantra. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing to, you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. My silver lining story today is about the gifts within the challenges. This, last weekend. What I've been discovering that is that happiness truly is an inside job. I grew up in a family where chaos, anger, control, abuse, and making major problems out of little ones were all the norm. I learned to expect the worst and to focus On what was wrong, skimming over anything and everything that was good. About 30 years ago, I determined to figure out why I was so unhappy and what I could do about it. Lots of things helped, including therapy, spiritual healing, meditation, developing inner strength, and the techniques I've learned through my mentors and healers and now guests on this show. Possibly most powerful of all has been learning to think positively. I now know that I can see the truth Feel my feelings, let them go, and keep the learning and good memories. I used to let one negative experience from a whole weekend become the dominant experience of that weekend, or something challenging within a positive experience ruin the good feeling of the whole experience. I don't do that anymore. The result is that I love my life. I've even started going back to past experiences and allowing myself to relive them from a positive perspective. In the process, I am discovering my life in a new way. I am feeling the happiness and not just the hurt or sadness or grief. This weekend I was able to be proactive. I don't have to look back because in the moment I was able to shift my energy and my experience. As happens so often when I'm learning a new skill, the universe gave me numerous opportunities to practice. It began when I was driving to the airport. The construction work done on the highway had created unexpected changes in exits. The new signage was confusing and I wound up on the wrong road. That would have been an easy fix except for the unusually heavy traffic and additional misleading signage. I used the mantra that Natalie had taught us and said it over and over until I could think clearly. Then I remembered the side roads that I could take and that I had left early enough to be able to absorb the detours. So despite the delays, I thought I would be fine. Still, there were additional unexpected delays, like the parking lot bus driver who accidentally went to Terminal A instead of Terminal B. If the line at the security checkpoint had been long, I might have had a problem, but there were only five people ahead of me. That was unusual in my favor. All through this, I used tools to stay positive, including the mantra, yoga breathing, and prayer. The fact that I arrived on time despite the challenges was a reassurance to me that I would be fine during the weekend. Despite the challenges that I knew I would face, I was right. Whenever I was presented with a difficulty, I would take a breath and decide which tool to use. Each time I came up with a solution that brought me joy. I stayed in my power responding rather than reacting. What I noticed was how many people would unexpectedly appear at my side to talk with me or I would notice someone who was alone and engage them in conversation. The result was that I was always interacting with people who I enjoyed being with, met new people, and deepened relationships with others. As I stopped focusing on the problems and worrying about them, I found myself in a flow where I was always having fun. This was a whole new way of experiencing my life and its challenges. I now know how to stay in my power and be happy. The difficulties in my life life, no longer become mountains, or barriers to my happiness. Our guest today knows about rediscovering lost power, knowledge, and wisdom that can help save lives, maybe even our civilization. Frank Joseph is the editor in chief of Ancient American Magazine and the author of, author of *Before Atlantis*. Before Atlantis, I seem to be tongue-tied. Advanced civilizations of prehistoric America the Lost Civilization of Lemuria, and the Lost Treasure of King Juba. His most recent book is Our Dolphin Ancestors, Keepers of Lost Knowledge and Healing Wisdom. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Positive Thinking, Create the Life You Want. Or to schedule a workshop in your area. Then click on Store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self Empowerment, and go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Frank Joseph to talk about our dolphin ancestors.
0: Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
1: You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call one 472 5795 That's one 472 5795 you may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com
3: the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214 208 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation, whether it's individual or group, business or personal. Attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214 208 eight three five three three or visit paulajoyce dot com today.
1: You are listening to Uplift Your Life.
3: Time for a fresh perspective.
1: You may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to uplift your life, nourishment of the spirit.
2: If you're If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call 1-866-472-472 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. I hope you wrote down what you know about the special relationships dolphins have with people, and I'm so pleased to welcome Frank Joseph to talk about our dolphin ancestors. Frank, welcome.
4: Thank you very much, Dr. Paula. I'm very glad to be here.
2: Well, thank you. And I'm fascinated by the um, range of work that you have been doing. And before we talk directly about dolphins, I'm just curious about how you got on this path um, investigating and learning so much amazing information.
4: Well, uh, I really can't answer that because uh, after I saw a copy of my book, Our Dolphin Ancestors, it was published about uh, about four months after I had completely finished it, and I read the book, and I thought, hey, this is a really cool book. Who wrote it? It was as though I had put it in a, in a trance. I, I hardly even remember writing it, and I, I'm I'm not exaggerating or making any kind of a silly statement. Um, Before I wrote the book about dolphins, I knew almost nothing about them. Um, I had an experience when I was in Honduras with dolphins that uh, utterly changed my life, as it has for many thousands of people. And I wrote that book in a blaze of four months, and I I can't imagine how I did it. I mean, there's no way I could do it again. So it was as though I was taking dictation. I I don't even feel like I can claim entire uh, priority for the book. It's like somebody just told me about it and I just wrote it out. That's the the way it feels, honest to God. And I've never had an experience like that. My other books have taken me sometimes as much as 30 years to write. Can you imagine that? One of my books I wrote is called Opening the Ark of the Covenant, and that took almost, that took about 30 years to write that book. But the Dolphin book, I wrote in four months. And I, I don't imagine, I can't imagine to this day how I did it. And I think it's one of the best things I've ever done.
2: Well, I think that's a beautiful story. I'm so glad I asked you because I have had that experience too. And I, when I paint, and I think that what um, what you are doing or did, and what I have done is learn to clear myself so that I can open up to the what needs to be written or painted so that the information can come across the way it will be most helpful to um, to people so that they can get it in without it being a struggle. So clearly this was the time that we needed this and we weren't gonna wait 30 years for it. So thank you and let's let's get into it. What was the dolphin's relationship to the lost civilization of Atlantis? I think most people are familiar with Atlantis but maybe some people don't believe that it was real.
4: Right, and it's, of course, impossible for me in the space of this program to convince anybody whether the place really existed or not. I've had to write a lot of books about that, like I said, over the last 30 years or so. Um, But I will just put out there, for those who would be interested in that, to answer your question, that I firmly believe, after more than 30 years' research, that Atlantis was a real place, that it was not a continent, but it was a very large island. It was uh, important because it was the very first place, where human beings made the transition from savagery to civilization. It was the first modern civilization. There were other civilizations before it, but were really totally different than anything we know today, like Lemuria, for example. But Atlantis was a very American type of civilization, very modern. If we were to go back in time and walk the streets of Atlantis, we would be rather surprised to see how up-to-date it is and how, like our own, it was. And I believe that this civilization reached very great heights of culture and technology and spirituality, too. But uh, the people eventually lost uh, faith in their own civilization, and they self-destroyed themselves. But before that happened, uh, they achieved uh, great levels of uh, esoteric thought. And their chief deity, among their chief deities, was Poseidon. And we know him as the Greek god of the sea, But for the Atlanteans, they had the esoteric side and they had the exoteric side of beliefs. Exoteric means that you take it at face value. Oh, yes, he's the god of the sea, the god of water. But the esoteric side was that Poseidon represented both the consciousness and the subconscious, or the unconscious side of mankind, just like the sea. You look at the surface of the sea and that's a reflection of yourself but underneath the sea after just a a thin film of the surface are all these dynamic energies at work that are completely different and that's um, an analogy for the human mind or the human soul that the Atlanteans uh, personified in the god Poseidon and at his chief temple at the very center of Atlantis so we're told by the Greek philosopher Plato about 2,400 years ago His great colossus, or great statue, was surrounded by 100 dolphins. And on these dolphins, uh, there were maidens riding on them. These young girls were riding on the backs of these dolphins. And that theme of the dolphin related to Atlantean religion uh, is extremely important because the Atlanteans regarded the dolphins as kind of messengers or uh, transitory beings between the, uh, the between the worlds, as it were, they would ride the young uh, girl or the the personification of human beings. They would ride this person between worlds, and that's what the Atlanteans were were uh, 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 seriously investigating. The multi dimensional aspects of human beings, not just the obvious things that we see physically every day, so the Atlantis were reaching very high levels of thought before their lower tendencies destroyed them, and that's the great that's the great lesson for our time. America has achieved great and wonderful things. no other country in the world has achieved greater levels of personal and social liberty than we have and yet at the same time we are, there are now centrifugal forces at work in our society that are tearing that idea to shreds. And so is America going to follow Atlantis, or are we going to learn from the lesson of Atlantis? That's the, the great utility of history, that it's the greatest object lesson before us. And uh, that's the real significance of Atlantis, and that's how the dolphins fit into it.
2: Uh, that that's really beautiful um and 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 that it, when you talk about between worlds, I just want to clarify you're talking about between the earth plane and the heavenly planes
4: no, not in a physical sense like that. I mean the dolphins wouldn't be able to write us to Mars or anything like that, but i'm talking about all uh, the Various uh, levels of consciousness that we have. We have our immediate consciousness, like you and I are speaking on the phone right now. We have listeners listening to us. That is an obvious uh, hard level of consciousness. But beneath that are our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, which extend back not just even to our early childhood, but long before into previous lives, previous civilizations, that you and I and every human being are the sum total of everything that's come before us. We are the personification of everything that has happened. And the the dolphins have this ability to go through these various levels with ease. And I think that that is part of the uh, lessons that they have to bring us, part of the awareness, the enlightenment. Dolphins were associated by the ancient Greeks with enlightenment, the highest spiritual enlightenment. I mentioned that the dolphins were symbolized at the Temple of Poseidon in Atlantis. Well, in the the Greek world, the most sacred site of all, a matter of fact, even beyond the Greeks, the Greco-Roman world, the most sacred site of all was Delphi, high up on Mount Parnassus, overlooking the Gulf of Corinth in Greece. And dolphin imagery was all over Mount Parnassus and Delphi. Matter of fact, the name Delphi stems from the word dolphin, and the word dolphin, the ancient Greek word dolphin that we have, is associated with the word, the Greek word for womb or navel, the navel of the world, the the place of eternal rebirth. So these concepts were in were first of all developed in Atlantis and enshrined in an extremely high and sophisticated level at Delphi. Delphi was the great, of course, oracle, the Delphic oracle. And the Delphic oracle was a woman who was in a highly trained psychic, a highly developed and gifted psychic, the most gifted psychic that the, Greek, the Greeks could come up with. And she had these visions of the future that were valid, she could, her mind could trans, uh, transform time. And that's why emperors and kings from all over the civilized world would come to Delphi to learn what the Delphic Oracle would say. And, and the dolphins were part of this uh, mystery. They actually formed the dolphin mysteries, which are now being revealed thanks to slow, painstaking scientific research we are now beginning to just uh, prick the exterior of these dolphin mysteries and what mysteries they are, and I think that they can again transform our world the way they did in uh, previous civilizations.
2: So, it, it, you talk about they're holding ancient information, um, and... and that we can benefit from so that we don't go down the same path of Atlantis and other civilizations that
4: were lost and destroyed. Well, that's, of course, the great riddle and challenge of civilization, that human beings can create magnificent high cultures that enrich life, that are almost levels of heaven on earth and they last sometimes for quite a while for several centuries but each one of these civilizations over the past has self-destroyed not one civilization has survived atlantis for all of its greatness or ancient greece and the delphic oracle for all of its greatness they're not around it anymore that's because they destroyed themselves they committed social suicide and so we have to understand how do we break free How how does mankind break free from these cycles, these eternal cycles of birth, uh, prosperity, decline, and death. And the dolphins, I think, can tell us that because their culture has not gone through those cycles. Their culture has continued to develop over time. It's not that they just have ancient knowledge for us. That's part of it. It's that they have knowledge for who and what we are in relation to them as fellow inhabitants of the earth, as far as what the dolphins could find out in a practical terms, if you want to put it in that regard, the dolphins could undoubtedly tell us exactly where Atlantis is today. People have been looking for Atlantis for thousands of years. They know where it is. They could take us there in a moment. Or they could take us to, uh, say, the, the lost uh, Melanesian airliner. If it is sunk into the sea and someone hasn't stolen it or someplace else, the dolphins could tell us that also. They could reveal to us all of the mysteries of the sea, We know far more about the surface of our own moon than we know about the bottom of the oceans. And the dolphins know everything about it. They can tell us everything. That knowledge alone would utterly transform our civilization. There would be no more starvation, no more famine on Earth, for one thing. And that is just a part, a small part, of why understanding dolphins and what they have to offer us Uh, is is really vital for mankind. These are not just uh, fish. Uh, These are not just mammals that happen to, uh, like dogs that happen to evolve into the sea. These are highly developed creatures. In my opinion, my conclusion, and, and there are many radical conclusions in my book, that people may have a hard time swallowing, and that's fine. I don't care what anybody thinks, quite honestly. When I write... Uh, I just want to write the truth, and whether people like it, whether the whole world applauds it, or the whole world condemns it, is utterly indifferent to me. And one of the conclusions from my book is that the dolphins are the most intelligent creatures on the earth. They're more intelligent than we are, that they have a more highly developed brain, they have a far greater sensitivity than we have, and that uh, we have everything to learn from them. Our civilization, our material technology, uh, amounts to nothing more than crutches uh, to support our artificiality. The dolphins are way beyond instrumentalities. They don't need any of our technology because they are able to do everything uh, that they do, and they do far greater things than we imagine without uh, the, the crutch of uh, technology.
2: You know, and you talk about the dolphins' telepathic capabilities, and as you were talking, I was thinking that it's very possible, too, that the dolphins telepathically helped you write this book, that it was through you that they got the information out that needed to be presented,
4: well, that would that would be an extremely humbling experience, and I, I certainly cannot uh, take credit for anything like that. i I, I, I can't even imagine that uh, such a thing would would have happened. Um, I don't rule anything out. All I know is is that writing that book for four months was virtually a subconscious uh, experience. Uh, as I said, uh, I, I, it, by, until December 2013, I knew vir- virtually nothing about dolphins at all, except what people saw them in SeaWorld and things like that, like everybody else. And then after I had this experience in Honduras with them, uh, I became obsessed with learning everything I possibly could about them. And I learned a tremendous amount about them, not just through books, but through the Internet, because the Internet... And I'm talking about university uh, sources now. I'm not talking just about uh, crazy, wacko, strange things. Because the internet is an information highway that has a real gutter, and I stayed away from that. Um, but the information that I got from mostly university sources was the incredible amount of research that's being done on dolphins right now. There's been there have been so many fantastic revelations about them that the news media can't keep pace with them, and that's why you don't hear uh, these things on the news. Uh, the, the levels of uh, knowledge that we are beginning to learn about dolphins is, is far greater than we've ever had in any time in, in history, perhaps, and that's what I try to do in my book. My book is not just a rehash of oh, how wonderful dolphins are and so on. This what I've tried to do in my book are, are two things. To bring out, first of all, all this news, this this research and scientific information that's come out about dolphins, their tremendous capacities, which I found utterly astounding. And also, the book is not about dolphins. It's about dolphins' relationship to human beings. And that relationship is far closer than anybody ever imagined in the past. And if we we follow that path, that, that relationship between us, too, I think it, it can potentially utterly transform civilization.
2: And, and we're going to go to break in a minute and then pick this up and talk about that, more about that relationship and the special qualities of dolphins. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You will receive the free chapter on my Ultimate Creative Problem Solving from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in the space that Robert Moss talked about between sleeping and waking. It continues to be a gift that helps my clients heal more profoundly and at a more rapid rate than would normally be expected. Now on your paper, write down how you can use the information that you're learning about dolphins. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Frank Joseph, to talk more about our dolphin ancestors
0: be the change the seventh wave channel on the voice america network the best that you can be.
3: Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals. Solve your most challenging problems.
2: If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down how you can use the information you're learning about dolphins. I'm so glad we're here with Frank Joseph to talk about our dolphin ancestors. Um, Frank, this is so interesting. If you would talk with us um, in the time that we have left about the relationship um, between people and dolphins and then and then the second thing is some of the special qualities that dolphins have and, and what they're doing um, to help people.
4: Well, as far as what the dolphins are doing to help people, uh, they have saved the lives of thousands of people who have been and in distress at sea, uh, stories of a dolphin rescue go back all the way to ancient Greece and long before. A modern example of that was uh, the uh, famous uh, television celebrity Dick Van Dyke, who about three and a half or four years ago was vacationing in Mexico, and um, on a beach somewhere, and he fell asleep on one of these uh, crummy styrofoam rafts, and. Um, When he woke up, he found out that he was far out at sea and he was beyond the sight of land. And before he even had time to panic, a dolphin appeared out of nowhere. A wild dolphin saw Dick Van Dyke on this little styrofoam raft and pushed him all the way back to the the coast. He pushed him, matter of fact, the dolphin pushed Dick Van Dyke directly back to the spot exactly where he came from. This is a miraculous. How could a, a wild animal, first of all, know that Dick Van Dyke was in trouble? Why would it go to the trouble of pushing him back to land? And not, not only that, but taking him back to exactly the same spot where he had started from. And yet this story is by no means anomalous. It's been repeated, as I said, thousands of times. People that are involved in uh, shark attacks have been saved by dolphins. Uh, they just seem to appear out of nowhere. Does this happen every time, all the time? No, of course not. But it happens so often, so regularly, that there's no doubt that there is this special relationship in life-saving that dolphins are engaged in. As regards healing, the dolphins' capacity to heal the human mind and body are, are limitless, Uh Dr. Uh, Maurice Mauville, who has done terrific work on dolphin skin research, has found that the enzymes in uh, dolphin skin, and they're now working on an application of this for human beings, is truly miraculous. Uh, Dolphins are often seen with huge chunks uh, bitten out of them by sharks, and the dolphins seem to have little or, or no discomfort. From these otherwise mortal wounds, and that in a very short space of time, usually within a matter of a few days, the, the healing process has advanced so far as that you can hardly tell where the dolphin has been so severely and savagely bitten. And that's because um, Dr. Marvel has been able to determine that these enzymes that are in dolphin skin, which is a mammal skin by the way, not a fish skin, uh, assist healing in what he described as something which is uh, so miraculous that it's virtually extraterrestrial, and that is the word that he used. And so now scientists are involved in trying to uh, duplicate these enzymes uh, for human healing. That alone is is just incredible in their own bodies. Dolphins have also been involved in neurological healing. Uh, You can't imagine the number of suicidal people that have been turned around uh, neurological problems like autism; people who have had severe autism have been, if not cured, uh, greatly assisted through dolphin therapy. Uh, the list of healing relationships with uh, between human beings and dolphins uh, is extremely long one, and that alone um, justifies uh, our great interest in and in further uh, study of dolphins. I've been able to highlight them in my book. Uh, to such an extent that I had to make several chapters about it. I think readers should find that uh, information compelling.
2: And and they've also been helping cancer patients as well.
4: The cure of of cancer by dolphins uh, is extraordinary. There have been many cases in which people have had cancers and have never realized that they have had cancers. It's only been understood after the dolphin healed these cancers that these people knew they were so afflicted. Uh, A typical example is this one woman who was in the water playing with dolphins, and the dolphin, as they say, zapped her, sent a very strong... Uh, sonic pulse, you know, of course, dolphins are able to uh, navigate by sonar, this is something everybody knows, through clicks and whistles and so forth, and they're able to direct really powerful sound frequencies, uh, focus them in specific directions, and this woman was actually bruised by this dolphin uh, that had uh, sent her such a strong uh, sonic pulse. And it turns out when she went to the hospital to have this bruise looked at that what, in fact, the dolphin had done is that he um, completely obliterated a cancer that was developing in her. They found a dormant cancer that would have that was growing until very recently. So the dolphin had sculpted her out, found this. Uh, this is a wild dolphin now. It's not a trained animal. It's a wild dolphin. Had scoped her out, found this cancer growing in her, and instantly uh, cauterized it, as it were. And this also is not uh, an anomalous or unusual story. It happens a lot. So I think that these uh, anecdotes, and the more than anecdotes, that uh, these histories uh, need to be better understood, that the public needs to have a better comprehension of them, and this will go, I think, a long way towards uh, dolphin preservation and, beyond that, uh, improvements of our relationships with this marvelous creature.
2: Uh, absolutely fascinating and it's like um uh i don't know a whole new level of awareness and of healing potential i'm curious about the special relationship that male and female dolphins have with female human beings
4: well, the dolphin's relationships I found with human beings are in three classes that they behave quite differently between themselves and men, women, and children. They love human children. They get along with children marvelously well. And the reason why that is is because. What, what's the agenda for a child? Is well, have as much fun as possible. And that is the dolphin agenda, to enjoy life. If you had to their philosophy uh, in one uh, sentence, uh, it would be to uh, have as much fun as possible. And so there's this commonality between dolphins and children right away. There's something a lot deeper than that, though. That's just on the surface. We don't have time to get into that right now. And then the dolphin's relationship with women is... They are interested, both uh, male and female dolphins, are interested in human women's capacity for birth. Uh, They're extremely interested in uh, the whole birthing process. Um, An example of that was a woman in Florida who was visiting a kind of a sea world, uh, but it was open to the sea. So these wild dolphins would appear along a jetty, and this one particular dolphin would uh, toss a little pebble at this woman's stomach with great uh, uh, accuracy. It was just a light pebble. Of course, it wasn't hurt at all. The dolphin did this repeatedly, and it was almost like a a kind of a joke. It was kind of a a strange trick that this dolphin was uh, tossing this pebble at this woman's stomach all the time. And then, so this crowd of people was around the woman, and they were kind of amused by it and laughing. And the woman said, Well, that dolphin knows something the rest of you don't. Uh, I've just learned today that I'm pregnant. So the dolphins are constantly scanning us. And this was the experience that I had when I was in Honduras. When I was in the water with a dolphin for the first time, I expected to see something like, oh, if you look into the eye of a dolphin, it would be like a dog's eye. Because I had heard that dolphins were originally, uh, their ancestors long ago, were dog-like canine creatures that evolved into the sea. And so I expected to kind of have a dog's eye. But when I looked into the eye of the dolphin when I was in Honduras at the Marine Institute there, uh, I was looking at another human being. I was looking at a human eye, not, a, not just a human eye only I felt that I was standing in the presence of Sir Isaac Newton or Verna von Braun or some incredible genius, Leonardo da Vinci and then, as this animal was looking at me, I felt very strongly that it was scoping me out, that it was downloading my medical history and everything about me, my subconscious mind within a nanosecond, and when I spoke to other visitors there There were about a dozen of us dumb tourists there looking at this animal they all had pretty much the same experience that the animal was psyching us out and it was doing that That is this is a common experience also well the dolphins can reach directly into the the innermost part of you uh, that you don't even know exists and retrieve that information within a nanosecond uh... they have this capacity and and they use that capacity to heal us and to learn more about us. The relationship with men, I should let it go before we finish up here, the dolphins love to work with men. Uh, A man's life is his work, and that certainly is the case in the dolphins' relationship. Uh, The dolphin cooperation between uh, so-called primitive peoples today, like in Mauritania or in in New Guinea, uh, is in fishing. The dolphins are able to, wild dolphins again, pods of wild dolphins will herd fish into the nets of of fishermen, and this relationship between the two is so intimate that on the coast of Australia, New South Wales, uh, the aboriginal peoples will actually set up a song. They will sing the dolphins in. Sometimes they whistle them in, and the dolphins appear out of nowhere, and they herd great shoals of fish into the nets of these fishermen. So this relationship um, that they have with us, the working relationship with men, the uh, birthing relationship with women, and the joyful relationship with children is something that goes very, very deep and and very long ago and also stretches, I think, far into our future if we are smart enough to uh, inquire into it.
2: Well, thank you so much for being with us and sharing this information and helping to open our minds and awareness so that we will look more deeply into this. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day.
4: Thank you, Dr. Paul.
2: And I'd like to thank my audience, for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the link to my resources page to purchase Frank Joseph's book and go to my store to purchase my books. Then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy, healing, past life regressions or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as Overcoming Abuse Through Self-Empowerment, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Energy Healing, the OM Awakening, and the Ultimate Creative Problem Solving Process. If you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm. The archangels and angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. Click on the link to register for my next workshop, Positive Thinking, Create the Life You Want, Then go to Calendar of Events and press click here to send me an email with your commitment to yourself. If you have a question about a difficulty in your own life, an inspirational story to share, or a success to celebrate, please leave me a phone message at 214-736-4460 or send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. If you live in Dallas, I invite you to experience my ultimate creative problem-solving process. Just click on the Meetup icon. On my website, homepage to RSVP. Please join us next Thursday when Matthew Fox will talk with us about A Way to God, Creation Spirituality. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or Chosen Mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you.